0: Well, hey there, you amazing human, and welcome back to another awesome episode of the Business and Life Conversations podcast. I'm your host, Ange, from Angela Henderson Consulting, where I'm an international award-winning business consultant and coach who has helped thousands of amazing women business owners get all the pieces in place to have consistent four- and five-figure months, and then on to six- and seven-plus-figure years without burning out in the process. You, my friend, you are in for a treat today because I'm bringing on the amazing woman in business, aka Tony. That's right, Tony, all the way from the Gold Coast down here in Australia, on the podcast today to chat about how to stop hustling for new clients month after month, but still make bank. In this particular podcast episode, we talk about the hustle culture, what business model will allow you to get more clients and still make bank without the hustle. We talk about what type of businesses are right for this particular business model and how the heck to get started. It is a wonderful episode, so get ready for all levels of awesomeness. Before we hop into this episode, I just want to let you know that, wait for it, wait for it, my famous two-hour sold-out strategy and goal planning workshops that I host every single year are back. They're going to be happening November 23rd and November 24th, and you get to pay what you can to attend the two-hour live workshop. I have two days, November 23rd and the 24th, so that there's no excuse for you not to join, but also it's pay what you can, so there's also no excuse you know, you are saying I can't afford to work with you, Angela. No, you can't afford to work with me because you get to choose what you pay. So attend my two-hour live strategy and goal planning workshop, November 23rd and 24th. Plus, if you can't make it live, there will be a replay and you get lifetime access. So if you're really wanting to grow your business and stop feeling that shame and guilt and get off that hamster wheel, stop playing small, then join me. Join me at November 23rd and 24th, where we're going to take that chaos from your head and get the clarity you need by creating actionable goals that work for you, that will help you transform your business and your thought pattern without burning out and make 2023 your best year ever. This workshop includes, obviously, the two-hour live strategy and goal planning workshop. You're also going to get a 15-page strategy workbook that you get to reuse year after year. There'll be a 30-minute live Q&A at the end. You get lifetime access, and you're also going to get my money and wealth tracker. Spots are Limited because I like to keep my group small and intimate. And the sessions again are the 23rd and 24th of November. You can choose which one works best for you and you can pay what you can. To secure one of these limited spots, head to angelahenderson.com.au, click the banner at the very top of the website, and you will have your seat secured. I cannot wait to see you in that two hour strategy and goal planning workshop. But for now, let's get into this amazing episode with Tony and I. Welcome to the show, Tony. Super excited to have you here today. Thank you so much for having me, Ange. I'm so excited. Well, I'm glad we finally press record after an hour and 15 minutes of catching up, you know? So uh, we are finally here and we're going to talk about how to stop hustling for new clients month after month, but still make bank. And this, I think, is important because... We'll get into this a little later on around the hustle culture that we see in the online space specifically, um, but also being able to make bank and doing it in a light and easy way. But before we kind of jump straight into this topic, though, I always like to ask my guests a fun question. So my fun question for the audience to get to know you a little bit better is this. I know in your partner, Michael, love to challenge yourself both physically and mentally with doing just amazing things around the world. Just like I think your partner just came back from finishing the Boston Marathon. I also know you were one of the first people to jump out of a helicopter and land on the beach. So my curious, fun question is, what is like the most craziest, wildest thing that you've done? And can you share a little bit about that with us?
1: Oh, that's a great question. Uh, I think the craziest, wildest thing I've ever done was probably that helicopter thing landing on the beach. Like maybe it doesn't sound that crazy, but literally when they're like, okay, you're the first ones in Australia to ever do this. And I'm like, wait, nobody's done this before. (laughs) Like nobody's jumped out of a helicopter. (laughs) And then they had news crews there. Like they literally had news crews watching us do it. And then it was like on the, the, on the the news. And I'm like, oh my gosh, like I can't fall. I can't look stupid. Like I have to like keep a smile (laughs) on my face and make myself look like I'm having a good time. So I feel like that was probably one of the the craziest things that I've ever done.
0: How do you think that that moment, you know, because everything that we have, everything is energy, but moments I believe also uh, have like this ripple effect, a compound effect, you could say. How do you think that experience has also helped shape you, guide you, nurture you as as a woman in business?
1: Yeah, it's a great question. One of the reasons I actually did it was we'd had some pretty significant business successes right before I did it. And I'm just a big believer in, you know, every time you need to up level in your business, you always also need to up level in your life. And, you know, in your business, you need to keep pushing yourself outside of your comfort zone because that's where your greatest growth happens. But it's the same in your life. So if you're not doing things to push yourself outside of your comfort zone, if you're not doing things to challenge you in your life, that's not going to translate into your business. So I think getting out of that comfort zone and actually realizing even though I said that was one of the wildest things I've done the funny thing was that when I actually jumped from that helicopter I was like oh this isn't that scary at all like this isn't that crazy like I was literally more worried about am I gonna land okay because the cameras are watching Mm -hmm. and and but for me I think it was like this great affinity to my business is when you Feel about like there's these really scary big things you want to do and you build up in your mind that they're so scary and so big, but then you do it and you're like, they're not that bad after all. And I feel like that's what that moment was for me is realizing that sometimes we things up in our head and make them feel so much bigger and wilder than what they really are. And all we've got to do is jump and take that plunge and do it and realize, wait,
0: that wasn't so bad after all. I can go and do that like 20 more times now. And I think you're right. I think we just get into our heads. I mean, that's the thing is, is mindset is so important when running our business. And I also think that a lot of times we... Psych ourselves up to think that we can't do hard things, you know. It was, you know, leaving my or asking my husband for a separation on Christmas Day last year. It was one of those things that this is hard, this is hard. Oh my god, what's going to happen? Can I stand on my own two feet? Whatever the reality of it is, is I've come out of it and we can do hard things. So, again, when you're standing on that plane going, Do you mean this is scary? This is scary, and then you do it and it feels light, it feels easy, it feels achievable. I, I think that's so often, yeah, we just get so much in our head, you know, very much. And, And for those that are listening, I would encourage you to think about where are you stopping your growth, both in life and in business, because you're letting your head get in the way. And again, if that is something that, you know, is, if you can honestly, you know, hand on heart and look yourself in the mirror and say like this, and I get in my way all the time, I would really encourage you to dig deep and find out what's going on. Because until you start to have those shifts, it's going to keep, you know, representing you know, keep presenting, I should say, in your day-to-day life, either subconsciously or at a conscious level.
1: Absolutely. I always say how you do anything is how you do everything. So if you're not willing to push yourself outside of your comfort zone in your life, you'll never be willing
0: to do that in your business. 100%. Now for those, now that we've got the helicopter jumping news crew that was on you, do you know what I mean? And, and also the simple fact about just being able to get out of our head, I'd love for you to just share the, with the audience a little bit of your background. Where did you start in business and where are you today?
1: Yeah, it's a great question. So I, um, I was a corporate girl. Um, I had a pretty successful, high-flying corporate career in, you know, vice president roles, um, globally. And really, what I found was I was starting to get really. I think I'll say the word "burnt out," but that's a very quick summary. It wasn't like yeah. burnout, burnout, but I wasn't doing so well. So I actually healed myself by exercising every day and doing a lot of self inner work, um, on around like habits and. You know, just like just a lot of self-inner work and did life coaching certifications purely for my own benefit. But then I wrote a, an article that went viral. Um, it got picked up by Ariana Huffington's publication Thrive, and I had thousands of people asking me, like, well, how like I want to do the same. And I'd always kind of had businesses on the side of my corporate, and I was like, wait, this is an opportunity. So I created a course um, that uh was all around like creating healthy habits and focusing on how to leverage more goals, energy, and time in your life and in your businesses. And that turned into a membership, which became an incredibly successful membership, which led to a bunch of people asking me, Well, how do I build incredibly successful online businesses, including memberships and courses and all of that good stuff? Mm-hmm. And it was serendipitous cuz like i've been a business girl like my whole life i've been scaling businesses so taking the the kind of compound of the coaching experience that i had the actual real life business experience that i had and then the 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 running an online business experience i had was the perfect combination to propel me into the the business coaching and now i really focus on helping women scale their businesses so i help them Scale their online businesses, but doing it in a really sustainably, a sustainable way so that they can have that freedom, flexibility and fulfillment. It's not just all about the hustle. And I'm really passionate about women. I, we were talking before about this, Ange, like of all of the entrepreneurs that make a million dollars, less than 2% of them are women. And I'm just like really feel strongly that women are just as smart as men. So we need to change that statistic.
0: Mm -hmm. And listen, I'm here for that statistic to be changed because it's like, you know, I talk often on the podcast is that it's not just about getting more wealth into our hands just to be able to tick a box. But we also know and the research shows that women are more likely to contribute that wealth back into their local communities, into their families, and into the broader global market versus men who are hanging on to it, right? So to me, I'm looking at also the bigger change that women can have, the bigger ripple effect women can have, the bigger impact women will have for our world collectively. So I'm here for getting more wealth into the hands of women. Amen to that. Now, one of the things that you did just mention there, and that kind of leads me to my next question that I want to kind of dive deeper with you is, is obviously, today, we're going to be talking about how to stop hustling for new clients month for month and still make bank. And so the notion of hustle, what are your thoughts about the hustle culture that is infused into the world of business? You know? Why do you think it's here? If you still think it's here, you know, do you think it's getting better? Do you think it's getting worse? Like, what are your thoughts about hustle? Because I think it's important that we talk about hustle before we kind of jump into the strategy behind how to get clients every single month.
1: Yeah, I love this. Um, So many thoughts going through my brain. So, you know, really for me, I'm not a big fan of the hustle culture, but I feel like there was the hustle culture that started, you know, probably... 10 years ago that started with, you know, what we call inverted commas, like the bro marketers mm-hmm. and And, you you and I were talking before, like a lot of credit to them because they really helped kick off the online space. But I think they also planted this seed that to be successful in online business, like, you know, you need to work your tail mm-hmm. off, you need to be hustling every minute and every hour of the day. And, I really don't share that belief in any way, shape, or form. I mean, I personally don't um subscribe to that, and the people I work with don't subscribe to that. they're looking for that freedom and flexibility and it's you do it yourself, and like it's so it's so simple to run a highly successful business without hustle, without grind. Do you have to put in hard work? Yes. Mm -hmm. Do you have to make some sacrifices? Yes. But do you have to work until midnight, every night, uh, every weekend, never see your kids again kind of life? Absolutely not. And Mm so I think we've got to start looking at hustle as a season, not as a lifestyle. Mm -hmm. But I think what's even more dangerous is now there's so many people that are coming out and being anti-hustle but it's not really an integrity so they're they're presenting the fact that they're anti-hustle but when you actually peel back the layers that they are hustling really hard behind the scenes and i think it's um setting not unrealistic that's the wrong word but i feel like there's just some people out there that aren't being great role models and aren't um actually walking the walk they're talking the talk but not walking the walk and i think people really need to dig deep and work with somebody like you to understand like, okay, I know that I'm going to have to put work in. I'm not going to sprinkle magic fairy dust and have a a business overnight, but how can I build my business in a sustainable way where I design my life first and my business second and make Mm -hmm. sure that I've made time for all of the important things. And then I, you know, on the back end of that, I, I'm still running a business that's thriving and
0: feels really aligned and is, is getting me financially where I want to go. And I think you used an operative, do you know what I mean kind of segue there in relation to like its seasons? Yes. There are definitely seasons where I worked way harder than the season that I am in now, 100%. There was when I was working full-time as a mental health clinician, you know, waking up at four with the kids, being in the car by six, getting to work by seven, leaving work at 3.30, coming home, doing dinner you know, that was the day-to-day stuff. But then from seven to 11, I was working every single night on the business. I mean, that's how it, that's how it rolled. And then I had the second Same. business, right? Like yeah. it just happened like that. Do I wish that forever? No, but if business was easy, as in everyone could be millionaires, yes. then all of us would be millionaires. So you can't also look at the the facts here that that it does take some work. It does take time. And I also think that the notion of hustle equals fast money is also something that I feel is so misleading for a lot of the new people in the entrepreneur space as women in business is that you may and I use that lightly be able to hit a million quickly but the people I know and of the thousands of people that I've worked with either one-on-one the group programs or whatever as I can tell you it is a very fucking small percentage of people if you can come with an enormous amount of capital maybe you don't have kids. Maybe you're not married. Uh, maybe you don't have a full-time job, right? And you've got some business kind of sense already. and You don't have to learn from scratch, maybe. But on top of that, you've got to have a really great fucking product. You've got to have really great messaging. You've got to have really great organic partnership or, do you know what I mean, paid marketing components. Like, but it's rare. But there's this notion that if I hustle more, I'll make more. If I hustle more, I'll make more quicker. And that is not the case either
1: agreed so
0: so much like everything you said a million times over so anyways I think so I'm glad to know that you too that like this hustle culture I think there's a time and place in seasons when we work harder but I think again we are actively choosing that and we are also have insight to know that we're in a season I think when you start hustle is you don't actually know you're in the hustle. It almost becomes an addiction and you just keep doing it and doing it and doing it. And that's where I think it's a detriment. So until your
1: body tells you to stop. Like, you know, like if you don't recognize it soon enough, like your body will and it'll stop you in its tracks.
0: And it might not be, your. it could be your body, but it could also be, you know, your relationships are breaking down. Right. You are withdrawing. And then again, don't get me started about the impacts that we have from stress to burnout to mental illness because of this, too. Right. So it's like so many things. All right. Now, not everyone, I get like uh, everyone has different ways to get new clients every single month. We all do because of our personalities, our energy levels, our upbringings. But I'm curious to know your thoughts about how do you do this? without the hustle and is there a particular business model that you're talking about or you prefer that allows people to be able to stop hustling for new clients month after month and still make bank?
1: Yeah so one thing that I am a really passionate believer in is memberships mm-hmm. um, and that word gets thrown around a lot but I think what I really love about online memberships is that they do give you that freedom and that flexibility Uh, because you can do it online and it's leveraged because it's a group environment rather than one to one but I think the most beautiful thing about it you know which you said around getting clients every single month without the hustle is with a membership once you bring them on once like they stay around forever as long as you do things right like they stay around forever Mm. and so you don't then have to hustle month after month after month to you know it's not like you have a course, and I'm not negative on courses, I can talk about how great they are as well. But if you have a course, you sell it once. And then to make more money the next month, you've got to sell to completely new people over again. And then the same and the same and the same. But a membership, literally every month, they, they keep paying you and they keep showing up. And so you have that stability of an income coming in, whether you've hustled for sales that month or not, like whether you've promoted something that month or not, you still have that Stability of it coming in. So that's my massive preference. (laughs)
0: Mm. All right. So, with memberships, then, well, not everyone listening might be curious or might understand, I should say, memberships. So, do you just want to briefly say, how are you defining memberships?
1: Yeah. So, for me, a membership is anything that where you have an ongoing relationship with them that's in a group type environment. And Mm. so that could literally be, you know, I have some clients that. Um, have memberships that only have like 20 people in them. I have some clients that have memberships that have 5,000 people in them. And, you know, some of those memberships have massive communities and it's a very community-focused-based membership Others have no community at all, and they literally drip feeding. Um, one of them's like has a kid's language membership, and literally each week they get drip fed a different language lesson, but she's not involved. There's no community. It's just drip feeding that lesson. So it can be anything as long as it has that leveraged component and as long as it has that ongoing component.
0: Yep, no, totally makes sense. So, again, I just always like to clarify because your definition of membership can be completely different to someone else's definition. So, I always just like to clarify how you're defining that for the purposes of today's podcast. So, for those who are listening, I'm curious to know what type of businesses could explore having a membership model because there'll be people like, well, this sounds good. I'd like to, you know, retain clients. I don't want to have to work harder. I don't want to have to hustle. But what type of businesses could explore having a membership model?
1: Literally anything. Like it it's fascinating to me. You know, I've been in this gig for a number of years now for a long time. And it never ceases to amaze me when people start new memberships. And I'm like, oh, I don't know if that'll take off. And and it does, like without fail. Anything that I'm like, that's interesting, it always takes off. And I think it's just about recognizing that anytime somebody has a need or has a niche, like they would want. More information to implement. They would want more community around that, and so sometimes the tiniest, most interesting little niches are the ones that
0: do the best. Mm-hmm. And it's not uncommon, right? Because again, they're going to stick out, you know, right? They they are going to hook people. They're going to be curious versus just being vanilla, vanilla, right? So Absolutely. I I totally agree that you would be surprised with the things that can go off well. Again, if you have a good product, as I often say, if you have a ship product. It probably looks like shit, tastes like shit, smells like shit. And I can't take glitter and make anything more from it because it's still going to be shit at the end of the day, right? So it's like, again, going back to your product. Is your product great or is your product shit? Because that's going to make a big difference regardless if you're opening up a membership or just in general. So if memberships are the way to stop the hustle and still make bank, then how would people know if memberships are right for them? So they might go, okay, great. This sounds good. I can probably create a membership, but how would they know? Are there particular questions they could ask themselves? Like what would you suggest for people to start thinking about whether or not it's right for them and their business?
1: Yeah. So I think the first thing is, you know, a membership, look, the the reality is that you could start a membership and then go, oh, this is not for me and stop it three months later, six months later. Like there's no shame in doing that. but. In reality, you've probably put in an awful lot of work for something that, you know, is only going to go for three to six months. So I always feel like, you know, if you're assessing if a membership's right for you, I feel like you already really need to know your audience very well and know what they're looking for. So you're making sure that the membership is addressing their struggles, their needs, their desires, but also know yourself very well to know, actually, this is something that I love and I want to continue to do for a long time, like you might not, things might change in your life, but you want to go in with the intention to do it for a long time. And I often recommend like, this is not a rule, but I often recommend if you're not sure, start with a course first, even if it's just a short course, see, do you love it? Do you love the energy from the people? Um, Do they love it? And if they do at the end go, you know what? I've loved this so much. I'm going to turn it into a membership and and flip that into a, a monthly recurring revenue style product. Um, But don't go and go, oh, I'm starting a new business and I think I'll do a membership. I'm not really sure. And I I haven't figured out who my clients are yet and I don't really know what they want. But I think I'll just go for it. Because when you do that, you'll end up creating something that you don't love and you want to create something that you really love. So I think that's the first thing. Like, do you know your people? Do you know what they want? Do you know yourself? Do you know what you want? And then from there, like, you know, make sure that you you jump in with your full heart and that you're really committed to it.
0: Now, one of the things that you said there that I want to touch upon is you said about, like, does your audience want it? What do they want? Do they need it, et cetera? But often some people won't have huge audiences, They won't have enormous amount. And when I say audience, I'm not just talking about email list. I'm also talking about social followers, you know, et cetera. And so our members, is it best to start off as a new business owner with a membership? Or is it better to say, maybe start one-on-one first and wait till you have audience growth? Because yeah, in my experience, I've seen people get told, just start a membership. You're going to make a lot of money, but then they don't have audience. And then they build this membership, but then they don't have anyone to buy from. So I'm curious to know your thoughts about that.
1: Yeah. It's really interesting because I don't think there's any right or wrong way. I think it's very much what feels aligned with you. Mm -hmm. Um, To give you some insight though, when I started my first online program, I had no audience. Like I literally didn't have an email list at all like I had to buy email software to start it Um, I did not have a social media presence in any way shape or form outside of my own like personal Facebook and LinkedIn I didn't have anything else and my first course I had 330 people sign up for it
0: Mm
1: -hmm. I didn't know that that was unusual right I didn't know that so I feel like I don't want people to Believe like, oh, I don't have this big email list, like, I can't get started, or I don't have this, I can't get started. But what you need is people who you know already, wherever they sit. They might be people you know personally, like, you know, you could go get them in a room together. It might be people that are on your personal socials, but you need to know that you've got people who admire you and want your help with a problem that they have. So mm-hmm. you need to know for sure that they have that problem. And then I think you need to know for sure what works for you. Like for me, I couldn't start with one-on-one. I was still working in corporate. I didn't have the bandwidth for one-on-one, Yeah. Um, but I started a course that I quickly flipped that into a membership. At the time, I thought I invented memberships. I didn't know it was already a thing. <laughs> <And> <laughs> yep. I was like, oh, I got this cool idea. We could just continue to work together. And I thought I invented it. Apparently I didn't. But um. But yeah, but like that's where I started was a course, but So many of my clients that I chat to, I'm like, why don't you start with one-on-one? Because when you do that, you can get a deeper understanding of like, what are people looking for? You know, what are the challenges that come up? Who do you enjoy working with? So it's an it depends answer, but I, I feel like you do need to have an audience, but that doesn't necessarily mean huge email list. And I think that you could start wherever it feels aligned, but you are always trying to answer those same questions. Like, what are their problems? What do they need from me? How can I solve their problems? And so that's what you've got to be able to focus on answering before you jump
0: into a membership. Totally makes sense. And so for those listeners who might be out there go you got three three 330 people in, no email list. Where did the people come from? So uh, from
1: my personal Facebook and LinkedIn, yeah. um, which like to me and and just be like, to be fully transparent, like, when I started out, I had no idea what I was doing. So, you know, now we would go like, make sure you've got your niche sorted. I literally had, I was like, I can help anybody. It doesn't matter how old or young you are. And I had like people as young as 18 signing up. And I think my oldest person that signed up was like 76 and there was men and women. And then I, after my first launch, I was like, wait, I can help everybody, but I don't want to help everybody. Um, and you know, it's so much easier to market when I'm not helping everybody. So I, I tweaked that pretty quickly. Um, so it was a pretty like, broad group of people but um some of those people like didn't know me particularly well because like on my personal socials like I had people that I'd met in other communities and stuff like that and I never added them as a friend with the view of like oh maybe one day I'll sell to them but um that was never my plan I would I just connected with them and so kind of became friends with them but they jumped in. And some of the people that I worked with way back then, and then it got referred, you know, other people showed it with other people and all of that kind of stuff. But some of those people are still clients to this day. And they mm-hmm. started off like working on like habits and now they're building, you know, multi-million dollar businesses. And they've been with me on that journey since day one.
0: No, dude, so fun and so cool. I just think it's just so good that people can see the different lenses from things, right? And that. You can you you always still have to find what works for you. But at the end of the day, like you said, you didn't have a business audience per se, You, you but you leveraged the relationships and other personal relationships that you had on giving you know, your personal pages and for them to be able to do it. And like I said, if you have a great product and you're going to solve a problem, people will buy I genuinely, I genuinely believe that because again, you're speaking their language and they're going to throw their money at you in a good way. Right. So, and I worked for it. Like I, like I, anybody, like I put stuff out there
1: on my socials, but like literally if they liked it, I was like, hello in their DMS. And like, you know, these days I'm like, oh, probably what I did was like, like through knowing what I know now from a business lens, I probably wouldn't have done things in the same way. Like I literally got barred from Facebook because I sent too many DMs, but that was all I knew how to do. Like I didn't have any other way to communicate with people. Mm. And so, you know, I just did what worked. And I think I'd encourage you to, to do the same. Like, don't be a spammer. I wasn't a spammer. Like it was people I knew and I was writing nice email messages and stuff, but you know, don't get yourself blocked from Facebook from sending too many messages. You can be smarter than what I was back then when I didn't know anything. You've got great resources like to to learn great strategies from, but it's like, it still took work even then. Like I didn't have a business audience. I didn't, I didn't have anything, but it still took me sitting in a hotel room at 11 o'clock at night, like sending DMs to people to go like, hey, did you see my thing? Do you think you might be
0: interested to get it over the line? Yep. But I also think it's about having the courage to be able to do that too, right? Because you could have been telling the stories of yourself. I won't do this. They don't want to hear from me. My product's not good, but you still had the courage to be able to reach out to those people. And that's what I think is sometimes Old school marketing, when you would have to go sell steak knives or encyclopedias right at the door, I think is actually one of the things that I think all people should be able to do. You should be able to cold email, or not, not sorry, not necessarily cold email, but be able to cold sell to anyone. Because if you can cold sell to anyone, steak knives, ice to an Eskimo, as I say and that thing, do you know what I mean? Or whatever it is, right? The reality of it is, is you will be able to sell. And in order for you to have a successful business, I believe people need to be selling every single day, whatever that looks like and however that feels right for them, because it's your job to sell every day. It's your job to make money every day. It becomes part of your position description. And if you're not willing to do that, so the fact that you had that ambition and that courage even earlier on, to me, is one of the key elements of what people need to be able to way to have to get out of their way to be successful.
1: And I've had a phenomenal, like, and I don't mean this in an arrogant way, I mean this in a oh my gosh, I'm so grateful way. I've had a phenomenal entrepreneurial career. And I look at what I've achieved and I'm so grateful and so thankful. And like, yeah, I've put in the work and yeah, I went to school and I did all like, you know, I did all the things you need to do, the check the boxes, but I still sometimes pinch myself going, is this really my life? Like, is this really what I get to do every day? But if I hadn't done that then, if I hadn't taken that courageous step and seized an opportunity and it wasn't easy, did I have imposter syndrome and doubt? Absolutely. I was like freaking out, like, am I I really doing this? Like, this is crazy. But if I hadn't done that, there is no way I would be where I am today. And like, it's kind of like, you know, we're talking about the beginning, jumping out of that helicopter, like you've got to take the leap at some point. You've got to do the uncomfortable stuff that you don't know if people are going to judge you for like there was probably people that were judging me in the dms like going ah yeah, what does she know you're like blah 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 but but there was so many other people that were like massive supporters and that helped me on the journey to where i am now and every every action i took led to another door opening, another opportunity that I could seize that paved the path to where I am. So you, you have to do those things.
0: You mentioned something though that people were probably judging you, but the reality of it is, is we are equally judging just as many people as other people are judging us. Oh my goodness. Yes.
1: Every day. Right? And <laughs> and so like Not even we, consciously, it's a subconscious, it's human nature. It's just
0: part of who we are. So it's like, well, if we can do it, then why are we worried about what other, I mean, I know I talk about Tinder recently, obviously with my dating experience, but it was like that's one of the things it's like here I am swiping left or right judge, judge 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 but there's people who are doing the same thing to me you still just have to have the balls or vagina or whatever you want just to get out there and get over it you know yes. because it's one of the things that hold us back now we could keep talking about this because there's so many conversations I could keep talking to you about my, my question though is this, those people are out there. Sometimes people think memberships have to be low ticket, $27 per month, $37 recurring revenue. So do all memberships have to be low ticket or can be memberships range in cost? They can
1: range in cost. So they can be literally whatever you want them to be. I have clients that have memberships as little as $7 a month. I have clients and I'm even part of memberships that are 3,000 plus a month. Um, mm-hmm. So, you know, anything that has that monthly recurring revenue is really considered a membership. And I think there's a big misnomer because people are like, well, I'll, I'll just create a course because I can charge more for that. You know, like I- I'll create a course for $500 rather than doing a $49 a month membership. It's like, but you don't have, it doesn't have to be mutually exclusive. Like why not create a $500 a month membership? And mm-hmm. You know, yes, you have to back it up with like being able to give the value that matches with what you charge for the membership, but that can come in so many different forms. Value doesn't equal the time that you put into it, value equals what your members get out of it. So Mm. you've got to just focus on like, what are the outcomes? What's the transformation I'm helping my members make? And what's that
0: worth to them? Like, what, how would they value that? No, that totally makes sense. And I also like, again, you know, people always ask me pricing, 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 but pricing will come down to you as the individual. And if you're not do you mean whatever your pricing is, you will repel people because you're repelling it yourself. And just know too that memberships can evolve. I know mine has is you might start at one cost point, but it doesn't mean you can't increase the price as you move on and as you make your membership better. You know, it evolves just as you evolve. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And also
1: think about your audience as well. Like who do you want to attract? Because Mm -hmm. you attract different people at different price points as well.
0: Yep, no, 100%. And again, and they'll buy for different reasons depending on where they're at in their journey too. You know, a lot yeah. of times the people are like, oh, memberships are good, but I don't want to do this 12 months of the year, or <laughs> I want to be able to take leave, or I want to be able to go on a family vacation. Can you still run a successful membership and still take leave?
1: One million percent. Oh, I feel like that's like the biggest misnomer. I hear it all the time. Yeah. I, you know, I'd love to have a membership, but I just don't want to feel tied down to it. And the reality is like a membership can be whatever you make it. Um you know, like I said before I have a client who literally does not show up in her membership ever at all. Like ever. She she just has deliverables in there and and people like some people would like not even know who she is because it's got nothing to do with her her membership. Other memberships like have they show up multiple times a week because that's what they've chosen to do. So I think part of it's your setup and knowing yourself and knowing like, am I somebody that likes to work in seasons? Do I like to show up face-to-face? Like how do I like to work? Because some people love that interaction on a really regular basis. But then the second thing is knowing that, A, you can absolutely take a break from your membership. Like, you know, I do it quite regularly where I say to my team like I'm traveling and I'm not going to be there for these weeks or I'm you know I'm taking personal vacation I'm not going to be there and I think that role models to your members like great behavior because it doesn't matter what niche you're in no one should be expected to be on all the time Mm -hmm. and usually the person that's more worried about you not being there is you like I remember early in my career where I was like super stressed I'm like oh I'm sorry I can't make this call and freaking out and they were like you know we can cope without you like our whole existence doesn't rely on you being there and I was like that kind of hurts a little but it's it's true and then there's so many other ways like there's so many other people that like run memberships like you know if If I needed to go away and I really wanted somebody to fill in, I could call Ange and she'd be like, yeah, I would love to fill in and like, you know, coach for you that week inside your membership. You can do that. You can pre-record stuff and drop drip feed, pre-recorded stuff through your platform. Like there's literally an infinite amount of ways that you can still work when you want to work and be on when you're on.
0: No, I love it. And I'm a huge believer. I mean, with my own masterminds and with profit pillars and things like that, is that I believe it's my responsibility to role model that you can still have a successful business and still take holiday. Right. Absolutely. And if you choose to work during your holiday, that's fine because that just might be your personality. But just know that eventually that will catch up to you eventually. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, again, there's no wrong or right way, just like you, there's 900 different ways to skin a cat, as they would say. But again, just I'm here to say, you're here to say you can definitely have a membership model, a mastermind model, whatever, where you can still take time off and still be very successful. Exactly. Now, for those who are listening who might want to get started with the membership, what are the top things they need to consider right now? I know you briefly touched about it, but can you just recap? Are there top three things, top two things, top five things that they need to really consider right now before they would dive deep into exploring that model further?
1: Absolutely. So I think the first one is looking at yourself and what you want. Um, Are you looking for that recurring revenue and kind of avoiding that month to month, um, you know, lumpy, lumpy revenue because you're having to like sell when you want to get business. So I think looking at yourself from that perspective, but also looking at like, how do you like to operate and does a membership feel aligned and feel right for you? Mm -hmm. The second thing is to look at your audience. Um, you know, do you have one at all? Cause you, you need one. It doesn't matter what that looks like, but you need one. What do they want? What are their problems? And then how can you solve them? And, and what, you know, what could you, the outcomes could you give them? What solutions could you give them? And what deliverables would you give them to be able to match with that? And mm. then once you've got that, like, go baby, go. Like it's, it's so easy to get launched. Um, I think the hardest part is making the decision to launch, uh, but the easy part is actually, you know, launching it and starting to get your members and
0: loving them. Oh my goodness! Well, this has been gold because I'm all about women being able to and men being able to create models within their business that allow them flexibility, freedom, that the lifestyle memory building, whatever that is that is important to you. And this sounds like a really thing, great thing that people need to consider and or explore when that time is right for them. Also remember that it's never going to be perfect. You know, my memberships yes. and stuff have evolved over time and the customer experience and the customer journey and all that will evolve over time. But it doesn't mean you can't start today. It doesn't mean that you can't make a bigger impact today. Again, you've got a solid product. You can solve a problem. People will buy, right? So this has been absolutely gold. Now for those people who are like I need a little bit more Tony in my life, where can they connect with you?
1: Yeah, feel free to connect with me. Instagram's probably the best place. I don't have a huge presence on the gram because I'm I'm always so busy helping everybody else as I'm like tired when it's my
0: turn to go yes. and do my
1: own, but I am in the DMs, so feel free to hit me up in the DMs anytime because I I genuinely just you know, I I genuinely am really serious about my mission to change that whole status of women in entrepreneurship and I am so willing to help anyone who wants to get started um because I just really feel passionate about. My marketing should change more lives than the people that actually work with me ever mm. change. Um, so feel free to reach out anytime.
0: Dude, I absolutely love it. So yes, definitely connect with Tony. She's a good human and I'm glad to have her in my world. She's making a ripple effect for those women in business. So it's always good to have awesome humans in our space. But I'd like to ask one final question to all my guests. And my final question is: is, what do you know now that you wish you knew when you first started out in business?
1: Oh, that's such a great question. I think um, probably my biggest lesson is there's no such thing as failure in entrepreneurship. I think we get so caught up in, you know, are we going to fail? Like, I'm going to fail and is this going to fail? But I think my biggest lesson is there is no such thing as failure. You literally, you either learn or you grow. And the only time you fail in inverted commas is when you give up. So, if you just stick with it, continue to learn, continue to pivot, continue to listen to smart ladies like Ange, then, you know, you will never, ever fail. You will only, you know,
0: learn and grow and just don't give up and you will succeed. Dude, I absolutely love it. Yeah, there's always lessons. Anything we look at, there's always a lesson. There's always an opportunity if you choose to look at it with that lens, right? It's but so often people choose to look at the negative. I'm like, what's the positive that can come from this? So thank you so much, my friend, for being on today. It's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you for your knowledge. Thank you for your wisdom. And also thank you for making the change that we need for women to be able to have more wealth into their overall world. So thank you for that. And before I sign off, please remember that my team and I will be putting together the show notes for this episode at angelahenderson.com.au. Don't forget to head over to Instagram and connect with tony and for you amazing human have another amazing day no matter where you are in the world and i look forward to you joining me next week for another awesome episode of the business and life conversations podcast thanks again tony thank you thanks for listening to the business and life conversations podcast with angela henderson www.angelahenderson.com.au